Welcome to Lessons from the Helpful Dead, where you'll learn the world is not what it seems and you are much more than you think you are. Here you'll learn about positive and reassuring messages from supposedly dead people whose main purpose is to help us. Find out what happens after we die, why we're here, how we got here, where we're going, and discover that you are really a powerful, eternal spirit. I'm Dan McEnany. In our last episode, we started to discuss uh, the big questions and some of the big answers about life and afterlife. We had ended up with a uh, listing of the ground rules for our particular world. These are the rules you have to agree to as a spirit when you come into a particular illusory, illusory reality, in our case, the human time-space illusion. I'll repeat those uh, ground rules in this session just because uh, they're important and you might not remember them from the last session. Anyway, the the rules are uh, we will have ourselves experience something called space and something called time. We will perceive things through very precisely tuned senses, which can pick up only a very limited range of realities and for good reason. We will create the illusion of cause and effect. We will have a value system, good and evil. We will allow our focus personalities to lose the knowledge in some of these time periods that everything is one. We, of course, are focus personalities. We will have a planet with many forms of material life, including animal bodies, into which we can send our consciousnesses we will let the groupings of different levels of consciousness, each with varying degrees of complexity, branch out and crystallize at various points along the way. So some will go into lions, some into elephants, trees, rocks, dogs, and so forth, and some into humans. And as I mentioned last time, this is a very clever game setup with all sorts of possibilities for new experiences. And this is where we are. We're focused personalities in a kind of a play or a game, very real, just as a play or a game is, but with a greater underlying reality and an important purpose. Now, I emphasized earlier that the uh, purpose of creation is to create, but there are also other purposes. So what's the purpose of it all for us focused personalities? Well, we're, we're here to learn, to grow, to experience, and then return with our gifts. We're here to learn how to handle our own power to create within a world that chooses to experience a time sequence. If we learn properly, then when we're through with our life-death-life-death sequence here, we can go on to other worlds, such as perhaps probabilities, for example with a sense of responsibility and a certain degree of talent. Now, probabilities, if, it, if you were to choose that, that's a universe based on the endless exploration of the infinite probabilities of a single event, almost just the opposite of ours, which is our single-line focus on just one probability of an infinite number of events. So we experience only one probability of an infinite number of events, and in that universe you would be experiencing uh, just one event, but the endless variations of it. 
Now, let's turn to the notion that we are co-creators, as noted earlier. The uh, physicists, in the conclusions number 2, 4, 7, 8, 11, and 14 of the Fantastic 40 that was uh, discussed in a, a previous episode, <clears throat> the physicists have implied that we are indeed a whole lot more responsible for creating the world we experience than we've previously been willing to accept. They imply that we are the creators of our own reality. Now, Seth says essentially the same thing, but with a twist. In his explanation, the big U is supplying the energy to create the props for this particular play. And you, a focused personality, you are right in there with your thoughts, your emotions, and your expectations, helping to actualize either one or the other type of reality. So when you use your free will to, quote, make real or bring into focus a particular reality or to develop a particular skill, you are helping to create the big you, just as the big you is helping to energize and create you. And while each of us is creating our own reality, a lot of us are creating realities that have a lot in common with what some others are creating. In doing so, we collectively create the world we experience. I'll repeat that. In doing so, we collectively create the world we experience. This is a very important idea. It means we individually and as groups do indeed have the power to bring about the kind of world we wish, and we are not at the mercy of events over which we have no control. Now, that's really a big idea. Conclusion number eight of the Fantastic 40 supports this statement. The Everett Wheeler Graham theory, otherwise known as the many worlds interpretation of quantum mechanics, implies that we create one of many worlds by choosing to actualize it while other alternatives are actualized by different versions of us. Now, in one sense, that's very easy to understand. If everyone in the world suddenly decided that we were not going to have any more war, for example, we would not. In such a case, it would be obvious that what we experience in the physical world flows directly from what's in our minds. That's simple enough, but having everyone in the world want peace, or having everyone realize the way things really are, well, that's something else again. That's why we won't all be experiencing the same probability, because everyone is free to focus on his or her own preference, and not everyone prefers peace. The most recent example, of course, is Putin. So what's God's role in all of this? Well, if you're talking about the ultimate primal force when you use the word God, then it's good to remember that God is everything. Through the simultaneous infinite explosion, God creates a platform for every aspect of creation to create as it will. Now, subunits of God may have created this particular planet and the world we experience, and they may have the most direct immediate impact on our experiment but they in turn are parts of progressively more expanded beings. 
Ultimately, God provides the everlasting loving energy that sustains us, regardless of how horrible a camouflage reality we may be immersed in, quote, right now, close quote. Eventually, we'll understand it's just a camouflage reality, but we'll be richer for the experience of it. And since God knows itself through its creations, we help God to know itself by our participation in this little probable experiment with creating realities. Why, someone may even get an award for this version. And uh, shortly I will uh, present to you a, a fictional account of how someone might get an award for creating this reality. <clears throat> Regardless, the whole process makes us very important. Just as a computer can instantly identify and bring up on a screen even the most minute bit of information in it, God is continually aware of every aspect of creation, including those inside time-space illusions and those outside of them. Now, as I see it, there may be 10 or 10,000 or 10 million levels of joining into bigger selves between us and the ultimate creator. In my opinion, it doesn't matter. We're still helping to create what God is. We bring back our unique experience of creation as our gift to all that is. And we're every bit as important as any other aspect of creation. We're the co-creators. God supplies the energy so that anything at all can exist. Somewhere down the line, we choose our probabilities and in so doing, create our unique experience. The big you or the big big you may be a direct creator of the details of your experience, but the ultimate creator is aware of all of it. Now I'll read to you uh, my fictional account of Earth from a larger and slightly different perspective, and I'll do that by reading the transcript from what I call the Millennial Universe Creation Awards or the Flosker Ceremonies as they are commonly called. At this fantastic glittering spectacle, the entities who co-create realities that provide the richest experiences for their inhabitants are recognized by their peers for their outstanding achievements in universe creation. So here's a transcript uh, of the ceremonies. This evening, ladies, gentlemen, and non-sexual entities, we are pleased to announce the winner in the horror category. The winner is Muffamillion, known as God to most of the sub-entities who populate the worlds he, she has created for his, her creation of the planet Earth and its surrounding universe. As you know, of the approximately 73 billion nominees for the award this year, more than 50%, almost 40 billion, were clearly judged to have horrors and atrocities which far exceeded those of Earth. The overriding consideration in awarding this flosker to Muffamillion was the delicate subtlety he, she achieved in balancing the horrors and atrocities on Earth with a growing awareness by its inhabitants who chose that illusion that they are at some level connected and that there is a bedrock reality composed of loving energy forces which sustains their, quote, camouflage reality, composed of loving energy forces 
which sustains their camouflage reality of horrors. All right, so the bedrock reality composes <clears throat> the loving energy forces which sustain the reality of horrors. Uh, con uh, continuing on with the transcript. It is this ability to continue to inflict pain on others while also starting to become aware of the underlying loving energy forces that lets the inhabitants know that they are doing something wrong in their good-evil spectrum. In doing so, it exquisitely and very subtly highlights the illusory nature of the pain and torment inflicted on others and brings the inhabitants into a face-to-face -face encounter with the true nature of their reality. In the universes of most of the 40 billion nominees, it's true that many had far greater atrocities than Muffamillion's Earth. The inhabitants, though, are not even remotely aware of their close connection to one another at subconscious levels, so that murders, rapes, and beatings are considered as routine, not given a second thought, and are accepted as a normal part of existence. As such, they were judged to be relatively boring, with very little growth evident in the personal awareness of the inhabitants. They do not even question the nature of their camouflaged realities, much less suspect that they are an illusion. Muffamillion, I know the members of the Academy join me in congratulating you for the rich experiences and personal soul growth of so many inhabitants of your planet Earth, and their eventual return to the One as part of you, they will most surely enrich the experience of the One, who comes to know itself in so many ways through the co-created experiences of focused personalities, personalities such as those on Earth. You were truly inspired in using the assumptions of time, space, and the good-evil continuum, while combining awareness of separate identities at conscious levels with awareness of a single loving energy connectedness at the deeper levels. It has produced a unique richness of experience for the One to know itself in a way no other world can provide. The One has, does, will surely enjoy knowing and experiencing itself with a quality we have come to know as earthiness. Muffamillion at this 43rd trillionth Millennium Flosker Awards ceremony, I am proud and pleased to present to you the Flosker for Best in Category Horror Universes. Incidentally, ladies, gentlemen, and non-sexual entities, it was a clean sweep for Earth this time. It was awarded not only Best Created, but also Best Directed, Best Special Effects, Best Costumes and Camouflage, Best Supporting Cast, and Best Species Interaction. Let's hear it from Muffamillion. All right, so Muffamillion takes the stage, and here's what... Muffamillion has to say. I don't know what to say except thank you. And thank you, Valernia, for those kind words. Co-creating Earth with its billions of inhabitants so precariously balanced between awareness and non-awareness has truly been the most challenging reality production of my existence. I especially want to thank Trebunion, the larger entity of which I am a part who continues to energize me as I go about creating universes in so many types, so many different types of realities, and uh, who is also a source of so much inspiration for creating new and imaginative root assumptions for each of those universes, such as time, space, good, evil, and the other characteristics just mentioned by Valernia. As you know, 
While we are all aware that there is no time in our larger reality, the billions of spirits inhabiting bodies on earth agreed to experience time as part of the conditions for gaining entry there and playing the human time-space illusion game. Consequently, with very few exceptions, they are at this moment not yet aware of the exuberant release of creative, loving energies that eventually carries them to a triumphant reunion with the One, bringing back a unique, earthy flavor for the One's continuing enjoyment. They are right at that point where the awareness of unified, loving energy is about to overtake the illusion of separateness, and the number of atrocities and the amount of pain will dramatically decrease from this point. So this was our last chance at the award in the horror category because it's not likely there will be enough pain and suffering in most Earth probabilities for us even to be nominated at the next Millennium Ceremony. For those Earth inhabitants in all their probabilities who at this moment are still experiencing atrocities and pain, both in the perpetrator and victim roles, I know you will join me in sending them a special burst of energy to get them over the hump. And thank you all. All right, that uh, concludes the discussion of us as co-creators. And uh, we'll start our next session by taking a look at how our particular little experiment with creation got to be the way it is. Again, I'm Dan McEnany bringing you lessons from the helpful dead. <laughs>